0: I was looking for a way to do the steps faster so I developed this tool well again because I hate the thing that only does one thing
1: welcome to make and decorate a podcast for makers who love to sew quilt and decorate hey guys welcome to episode 36 of season 2 I am your host Stephanie welcome to the show so uh, today, um, <clears throat> my voice is going to be really weird and funny. I am sick this week, so I'm doing my best to keep my voice steady and keep coughing down to a minimum. Uh, which means a lot of editing. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, I'm recording this on Tuesday, October 15th. However, the guest segment of this episode was recorded um, earlier, like last month. So my voice is perfectly fine in that part of the um, the episode. So um, anyway, yeah, fall weather is definitely here for real. So it has settled in and... Uh, yeah, the the cool air is always kind of hard to get used to in Chicago because it's never like a gradual decline. It's always like something so dramatic, like a 30 degree difference within, you know, 48 hours. So that's kind of what it's done. And um, oh, let's go back to the reason that I have this cold. Um, on my last episode, I talked about um, going to the Bears game reluctantly. And this is why, because when it rains and you're sitting outside in the rain for hours, you get sick. <laughs> so, but really, I dressed appropriately. I had my layers on and everything. So I didn't get sick right away. Who got sick right away? Yeah, my husband. Hello. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm telling you, never again. <laughs> it's. He thinks it's all worth it. He's just like, we won. Had some beers and blah blah blah, and I'm like, no, it's not worth it. (laughs) Uh, so anyway, uh, that is why I have this terrible cold. Um, and it's something that's been going around this area anyway. Everybody's getting this sinus cold, and that's what I've got, um, with tons of coughing. So moving on, um, I haven't gotten a ton of stuff done project-wise from my quilting and sewing room. I did, though, I did finish the baby panel that I have been working on for my nephew, my little baby nephew, who was born in August. And it is the Robert Kaufman um, Oh How They Grow Baby Growth Panel. And it's got um, these really cute forest animals on it. Uh, So I finished the quilting, and I um, just finished the binding on it, and I'm really pleased how it turned out. I did um, almost all of it was free motion quilted. I just did um, the walking foot around and made boxes around the days and the months um, and the numbers because freehand straight lines. I don't know. I tried to do the ruler, but it was just Easier and faster to switch out to the walking foot, so that's how I did that. And I used Hobbs eighty twenty uh, cotton poly batting, and it was really really nice to work with. Um, I'm trying to pay more attention to the different battings that I use and uh, making notes about how it quilts, um, how what the drape is on the quilting, and um, that sort of thing. Um, but I definitely um, lean toward the natural fibers, for myself at least. But the eighty twenty though, is much more light in weight. And I think it's nice for um, babies and kids because it's not so heavy on them. Um, and it's still 80% cotton. So just that little bit of, uh, of the poly um, fiber kind of lightens up the entire thing. Uh, yeah, so I got that finished and, um, I haven't really done too much else that in respects to that since the last podcast. And it's not that I don't have things to work on or that I don't feel like doing it. It's just that there's been no time. I've, I've been like the last couple of weekends either away, um, I visited my sister in Wisconsin. And then this past weekend, I had um, a pumpkin day at my house. So uh, just a lot going on. And um, this past week and not feeling well uh, doesn't help things. And when it rains, it pours. So in addition, right about the same time I started getting this cold, I injured my left leg. This is so silly. Okay, so this is um, goes in line with how our weather changed. So the one day last week, we had a beautiful 70 degree day at the beginning of the day and by the end of the day, it dipped down into the 50s. And I was wearing flip flops. Can I tell you that flip flops are so dangerous? And I know they're dangerous and I'm like so clumsy in them and I've tripped a million times. So um, I was going i was in a hurry i had um, cleaned these um rugs from my kitchen and had them dried outside it started to rain i'm panicking and i'm running out there to get these rugs and i'm running in these (laughs) flip-flops and it's only one step so the one step i had to go up on my deck my flip-flop caught the edge of the step and then i started to fall and you know the feeling when you know you're falling But you're trying to do everything you can to not fall, to gain your balance. Well, there was a chair right there that I grabbed onto. And it was like all of a sudden I was in this slow motion matrix sort of dimension where I'm grabbing the chair arm and holding on. My body is contorting and twisting. And then I feel this this pain like none other. And then I was like, I had to concede and go with the fall and <laughs> continued to fall down. And then the time c- came real again, and everything was in fast motion. But it was just so bizarre. But man, I, so basically, I strained my, what is my athletic trainer sister call it? Uh, media gluteus medius muscle or whatever, but it's the muscle on your upper left side that is connected to your hip bone. But basically, I don't I don't care what it is. It just hurt like crazy. And it affects how you walk, how you sit down and stand up. It's that muscle that lifts you and lowers you. And um, lifts your body up the step and down the step. So I couldn't do any of that for the first couple of days. It was crazy. Oh my gosh. And I'm still, um, much better, but it still hurts. Like I can still, I have to go up and down the stairs like a toddler, one step at a time, like going down the step with my, you know, bad leg and leading up the step with my good leg. Um, I mean, I can sort of go up and down them if I force myself. And then I'm like, ow, 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 every step. (laughs) But it's getting better. It really is. But it's just so bizarre. And I mean, it was like, you know, my husband's like, why do you wear the flip flops? (laughs) Well, I won't be wearing them anymore because like fall and winter is kind of coming in here for good. All right. So anyway, that's like my whole like thing that has happened in the past week. Um, Just, uh a series of unfortunate incidents. All right. So do you guys listen to the podcast, The Off-Kilter Quilt? Uh, Frances O'Rourke Dowell it, does that podcast and I had her on my show last year as a guest. Uh, she's been doing her podcast for 10 years and she's a quilter and just, um, she's an author um, and just does wonderful things. And she mentioned me in her last episode of the podcast, and she said very nice things about me and my podcast. And I was just overwhelmed with just, just feeling of gratitude. And, um, and I, I mean, I think she listens to my show. So I just want to say publicly, thank you so much, Frances. And it was because of her that I really, Um, forged ahead to going forward and and making this podcast happen for me. Because every time I had those feelings of doubt, and you know, am I good enough? Who's going to listen to me? Um, She had said, we need more people, you know, quilters and, you know, these more homegrown grassroots type of podcasts out there. And I said, Okay, then I can do that. Uh, so yeah, I I I'm, thank you so much, Francis, and um I love your podcast and I'm just grateful that we have people in our um circle of quilters and makers and sewists and crafters that are really supportive of each other and we celebrate each other's um, successes and and endeavors and whatever you know we're we're out there doing all right so before we get into my conversation with Cheryl sloboda uh, I just want to remind you guys to um, if you listen on iTunes to please uh, rate and review the show if you haven't done so already I really appreciate that and and it does help Um you know, make the show a little bit more visible to new listeners, and also if you just share it with your friends or um, guilds or people that you think might enjoy the show, that really helps a ton. And thank you to new Patreon subscribers. I am so thrilled that um, I've got some subscribers now. This is great. Uh, The new bonus episode is coming out Uh, Friday the day after this episode publishes so be on the lookout for that and um, yeah and if you haven't uh, checked it out yet go to my Patreon page uh, make and decorate Um, it's at patreon.com and um, I'll have the links uh, in the show notes. Okay you guys get ready to learn all about some amazing quilting and sewing techniques that will change your quilt and sewing game. Why? Because I have Cheryl Sloboda on the show today and Cheryl is a full-time quilter, fiber artist, everything cosplay, And a teacher, and the list goes on and on and on. So we are going to chat with her and find out all about this great
0: stuff. So welcome, Cheryl. Hello. Hello. How are you? Uh, Really (laughs) good. Really good. Excellent. Yay. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm so happy that you're here. And um, just a little background for the listeners. Uh, I first saw you on TV on one of the PBS shows. It was uh, Quilting Arts. Yes. And then not long after, um, this is my early days of quilting because I was just a sewer before of like, you know, just clothing patterns and home deck and stuff. Then I started quilting and then I was in the uh, Chicago Modern Quilt Guild and you were one of the guests. And you brought brought in these little tiny quilts. (laughs) They were like the (laughs) size of a tile. (laughs) Yes. And they were so cool. And then I immediately recognized you. I'm like, oh, my gosh. She's on TV now she's here (laughs) so yeah i get that a
0: lot actually which is kind of surprising um
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's so cool and then i learned that you are from my area so it gets even better and better and i've seen you on you know several occasions since then but um it's cool that you're from from chicagoland yay yes
0: yeah i know yeah born and raised in in chicagoland and Mm -hmm. uh yeah i you know i who knew we were so far apart and yet so close together (laughs) i know it's crazy so yeah great
1: so all right uh so let's let's talk about like where all of this came from like where this all began for you with sewing um your love for heirloom fabrics and technology because those are like the opposite ends of the spectrum and you do both and you enjoy both and i love that i think that is so awesome so tell 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 us
0: well, I mean, like most people, I at I think most people my around my age, and I'm, you know, in my mid-40s, and uh, they, I learned there. how to sew, right? <laughs> okay. So I learned how to sew uh, in home ec. Uh, my oh. parents didn't teach me. My mother didn't teach me. My grandmother didn't know how to sew. Mm-hmm. But my grandmother did buy me a sewing machine for my um, senior year uh, my, for Christmas, And so that sewing machine basically, um, got me through college and my, uh, desire to be a theater costumer. So I, uh, went to school for theater, but, uh, decided that I was going to branch out and actually do the shows before I finished my degree. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, And then quickly realized, wow, there's like not a lot of money for me in that field. So uh, I quickly changed to the comic book industry where I spent, oh, probably 20 years. Mm -hmm. But while I was in college, I was very active in our cosplay community. Um, I used to dress up and run around with all the other nerds. (laughs) It was not called cosplay back then. Cosplay meaning costume play Uh it didn't have that name back then you were just nerdier than the other nerds and you dressed up as weird stuff and you were just generally thought as kind of a weirdo but (laughs) uh when i worked with the uh the full-time comic book job um i really wanted to keep sewing as a hobby and i took up quilting Mm. so i think that there are going to be people who do that who are cosplayers now who will You know, think about their cosplaying and and their sewing abilities now. But then as they get older and they have a family and they have uh, a home to build and, and, um, you know, to decorate it and all those things, they're going to do the same thing I did. (laughs) And so so now uh, my comic book career is over and I am doing the quilting and the cosplay business end of things full time. So... It's been a really wild <laughs> roller coaster journey um and I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> So, uh yeah, that is so cool, and
1: i I never even knew i've I've always known you more as a quilter. So it wasn't until more recently where you were really, you know, now you've got your um, second was a secondary business. So yes, so yes. much cosplay, so much cosplay. Yeah, yes. it's so cool. <laughs> and that's really where your roots started in sewing. Then it sounds like I guess it
0: did. Yes, and you yeah. know, again, I um I had that garment background. I had that um the the background in creating uh, you know fantastical outfits, things that didn't I didn't have patterns for, and really put all of that aside. Now occasionally I would make a garment for myself, but as you know, <laughs> uh, it's so much more expensive to make it than it is to go buy it. Sure. So for most of us we, uh, don't make garments unless we really have to. Um, I made my wedding dress. I made, you know, certain things here and there. But mm-hmm. really, I did more um, quilting as a hobby. And I really didn't expect that quilting would be a career for me <laughs> um, until I did that project, which was the uh, the lecture that you saw when I came to the Chicago Modern Quilt Guild. Um, I, between 2007... In 2011, I did a mini quilt a week for five years straight. And those little mini quilts were really for me to get myself out of a quilting rut. And I had made all these giant bed quilts, wall quilts, quilts for the sofa, quilts for the, you know, every family member. There was something, I was just done making large, giant quilts, and I was sort of burnt out. Mm -hmm. And so... I decided I was going to make these little mini quilts as sort of like, um, a way to get the ideas out of my sketchbook and out of my head and into fabric. And I was also working full time. I was finding that I was only in my quilt studio, like once a month or once every other month. And then I started to feel bad because I have all this stuff, but I wasn't using any of it. Mm. And I know that a lot of people can probably relate to that. You know, our lives are so busy Mm -hmm. and where's the me time. And I decided I was going to carve out like the weekend space as much as possible to do these little mini art quilts. And they were small. They were six inches square Mm -hmm. and they were supposed to be a finished quilt. So they are all bound and finished and, I had from Sunday to Monday to finish each week. and I started it as like a almost like a um, New Year's resolution mm-hmm. <laughs> and just kept going for, you know, five years and didn't stop. Uh, and so really, that's where I feel like I got to stretch all my creativity out, try. I, I was not afraid to try anything if it was weird in the, in the fabric and quilting industry, I wanted to try it. And I didn't have a huge investment in it because I was only doing something that was six inches square. Mm -hmm. So if I didn't like it, I could put it away (laughs) (laughs) and not feel bad about it. And so that's really, I think where my career took off Mm -hmm. was in the middle of that. I was blogging each one. I started to gain this following and then This fateful day of running into who my quilting hero, which is um Pokey Bolton from Quilting Arts magazine. Oh man. (laughs) She's awesome. -hmm. She it was like my idol. Mm -hmm. And I ran into her and she said, Hey, I know your name. Uh you comment on my blog a lot. And I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, Pokey Bolton knows who I am. (laughs) Isn't
1: that crazy? (laughs) It's so
0: weird. Well, you know, and what's funny is now that happens to me and I feel so honored and so blessed. It's just, it's an incredible thing. So, uh, you know, what goes around definitely comes around. And, um, and so she said to me, you know, we really would love to have you in the magazine. And I thought, I don't have anything that I'm good at. That's good enough for the magazine And she was like, how about those lights in quilts that you're doing? That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, okay." (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't really want to be known as the girl who lights up quilts. I wanted (laughs) to be known as the girl that puts fabric manipulation into quilts. Uh And you don't get a choice as to what you're you know, famous for, <laughs> uh-huh. yes. so the market really decides. Oh, interesting. <laughs> that is very
1: interesting.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: but it, it opened the doors for you, the lights.
0: <laughs> they did. And, you know, I still to this day sell uh, my, my light up uh, quilt and garment sewing book I sell uh, the kits mm-hmm. on my website. Um, I sell a lot of them to Girl Scout troops oh, cool. and um, like STEM and STEAM programs mm-hmm. because it's a way to learn sewing and circuitry 101 one at the same time.
1: Yeah, so
0: they're great little projects, um, and they did open the door for me really uh-huh. um, by putting these lights into into quilts and. Really, how I came to it was uh, someone from uh, FIT, so the Fashion Institute of Technology, mm-hmm. and MIT. They got together and developed this uh, conductive thread. Yes, and that is what makes these soft sewable circuits go. And I, f- I found the source for the the conductive thread and just started making stuff. And people really thought it was cool, but it is super niche. It's mm-hmm. like a niche of a niche. Sure it is. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and uh, I would teach it in, in places like, you know, Houston, uh, International Quilt Co- Festival in Houston asked me to come and do some demos with it. And, you know, it was like it ranged from either I can't wait to try this. I really want to do this or Um, that's too weird. I would never put that in my quilt. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm okay with either one, but I did think that was a little funny that, um, you know, the reactions were so varied, Yeah. but yeah, still to this day, I put lights in my quilts and I enjoy it. I was going to ask you if you're,
1: (laughs) you know, if you still like do that, because I know that was, you know, a thing, uh, you know, a few years back or whatever, and you know you, you
0: yeah yeah I've been doing it since 2009 mm-hmm. and 20 and really uh, it all took off in 2010 Yeah, and so wow like nine years I can't believe I've been lighting quilts up for nine years and um it's yeah still, yeah and I, I saw one of it.
1: your videos you did um maybe I think it's up in your YouTube channel but yes how you put this light up and um you you curl up the two prongs that stick out from the light and you make these little rings that that's what you sew like like you're sewing on a hook yes. um to a piece yeah. of fabric and yeah. you sew it on with that conductive thread and mm-hmm. it's pretty fascinating to watch you do this and i was wondering is that did you was it your idea to see like oh how can i a, like attach this to the fabric oh I'm gonna roll up these little <laughs> wire prongs
0: <laughs> yeah I mean it really was it was like well well here's the light and it has a positive leg and a negative leg and they're really sort of malleable they're not they're not um they're not stiff and they're meant to be soldered so they kind of have like oh. that soft um metal mm-hmm. to them and I thought well how am I gonna hook how am I gonna turn this into something that can be attached mm-hmm to fabric and I did actually look at you know a little hook and eye set and how they were uh they have those little curly cues of Mm -hmm. metal and I thought well if you just took a pair of pliers and twist these little legs up they end up looking like those hook and eye Mm -hmm. loops and then you can sew through that with the conductive thread so with a quilt if you didn't want to see those those legs on the top of your fabric that means you have to poke a hole in your quilt mm-hmm. and, uh, and poke the the light up through the back, which is what I typically do. Um, and then most people are like, oh my gosh, you're putting a hole in your quilt, <laughs> but that's because I want the electronics to be on the back. I only want you to see the lights right. from the front. Yeah. And, and that was, yeah, I, I mean, uh, there's no other way to do it. <laughs> that is so creative though. that
1: is just amazing. And I've seen you. you were at one of the shows up here uh, in the area, and you were doing demonstrations on all the lighting and the in the quilts and stuff like that. And like my mind was blown and it's crazy. But then, like in another year or so, I watched Project Runway and they had a whole episode on lights yes. in the clothing. Yes. And yes. it was so cool. So I think it's like now, becoming more and more like a normal thing it's like not so weird anymore
0: it's not and what's funny is it's kind of having like a mini resurgence which is really fun because to have been in this space so long you know to watch trends come and go and and wearable technology you know has come such a long way Mm -hmm. we have these devices that that react with us that we don't even recognize our actual wearable <laughs> technology, like our Apple Watch and mm-hmm. our Fitbit and all these things that, you know, uh, press up against our skin and go to an app and, you know, you can clip them onto your clothing. That's all mm-hmm. started back in 2009 with these students and they were at the forefront um, of this wearable technology movement, there are now computer chips that you can buy that are meant to be sewn into a garment that can record your body temperature, your heart rate, your um, the ambient noise in the room, mm. and then have the lights react in a certain way towards those uh, towards the sensors that are picking up the data. So there's. I mean, I do it very simply and it's like, hey, it's pretty, let's put lights in quilts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I do have quilts that react to the environment. I have quilts that um I have programmed with like a programming language. Um oh my gosh. I've done all this stuff, wow. which, you know, is now <laughs> like kind of back and cool and it is cool. Younger now, people. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and they're they're lighting up their costumes, they're lighting up, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, anything you can think of, mm-hmm. but yeah, we we use it every day. The kids' shoes that light up were kind of like the beginning mm. of you know, like the little kids' shoes yes. when they run, yep. and the and the lights flash as they run. Those are everywhere. That, I see them they're all the time. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that was really the beginning of like the wearable technology thing and uh, I thought that's what I want to do <laughs>
1: wow that is so amazing I just you know I I am not of a scientific mind so I wouldn't even like have gone there but I love seeing it and I wouldn't mind trying it I haven't tried it yet but I've wa- re-watched your video recently and I, now I understand it a little more like when yeah when I was first like seeing this and stuff I was just like a I was like this is so awesome and amazing but I I could I, I don't even know where to start now right. I kind of have a little bit more and I've seen it used in so many other applications. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, very forward thinking in the quilt industry. Um, oh gosh. Yeah, if know. anything,
0: I'm before my time. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, you know, um, one of the pieces that really worked to what I wanted to do, I, like I said, I didn't think that, the technology stuff was going to be where I was going to lay my head in the quilting industry. Mm -hmm. What I wanted to do was this fabric manipulation thing. Mm -hmm. And so what I started to do was blend the two together. And I started making these heavy manipulated quilt pieces that I would put the technology in so that it was sort of like my bridge to say, look at this really cool other stuff I can do. <laughs> mm, right, right. And that's where, um, it was sort of like, um, heirloom meets high tech and texture meeting technology. And that was mm. how it was billing it for a really long time. And, mm-hmm. and finally, um, you know, what has happened in the industry is, you know, people are less interested in doing the technology stuff and now they're more interested in doing the heirloom sewing stuff. Mm-hmm. So that it, It came around. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It only took, you know. Yeah, and let's talk
1: about heirloom sewing. Um, And, you know, what I noticed, too, is nowadays that we, there is a return to what is um, more, like, simple and back, Mm -hmm. like, just um, not, people are trying to escape the um, technology that's in their lives every day. Yes. And they just want to like slow it down and like unplug. And right. I think that's what this kind of stuff does for people. Like even hand quilting that has really made a huge comeback.
0: It has. embroidery. it's cathartic back. for people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And hand
1: embroidery. Right. Right. Yeah. So let's talk yeah. about
0: the heirloom sewing with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it is truly to me, it was exactly that what I would do. Um, so I come at it from a couple of different angles. First, I had, you know, family members in my in-laws that were incredible makers. Hmm. They were, um, you know, my 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 grandmother-in-law, my her sisters. They were the master crafters. They could make anything. They could hook a rug. They could cane a chair. They could <laughs> can a vegetable, and they wanted to teach me, and I wanted to learn, mm-hmm. and. I felt so connected to these things that felt lost to me. Mm -hmm. Growing up in Chicago, as you you Mm -hmm. know, we're we're very urban here. We don't have a lot of things that are like historic. And uh, you can go to a museum, you can go to a historic home. Mm -hmm. But like our day-to-day lives are not really, I mean, mine wasn't. We didn't have hand-me-downs. We didn't have heirlooms. We didn't have antiques so to be part of this family that had nothing but this stuff <laughs> was incredible to me. So they would, um, they wanted to teach me and I was so willing to learn these things. And I started to notice like vintage textiles and how they were made. And I, I realized that texture in garments was done by hand mm. and it was for the most part, it was either smocking, pin tucks, gathers, pleats. These were all things that I had learned in fashion mm-hmm. for the theater, but they weren't anything that we were doing in quilting. And being an art quilter primarily, I, I do consider myself an art quilter. I don't, I know I do a lot of modern style quilts, but mm-hmm. I'm probably more on the arty side. Than- I, I agree, <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I would do these art quilts that had all this texture in them. And I thought, well, if I love it. Somebody else might want to know how to do it too. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and that's really where I thought I would land in the industry was to be known as this person who, uh, really could manipulate and, and, um, do all this stuff with fabric and then put it into a quilt. Yeah. So, uh, you know, here we are, um, And what I noticed, too, is that I love that these are techniques that aren't really used anymore. But I'm noticing that, like, the cosplay industry is really pulling it in. Um, They want to learn how to do this stuff because they need texture and all of that in their garments. Mm -hmm. So now it's like my whole line of products and all my patterns and everything have like a secondary life mm. in the cosplay industry, which yeah. is really, really cool. Yeah. Um and it doesn't hurt that I'm kind of like this, you know, retro rock and roll girl. <laughs> who's teaching you how to do heirloom sewing? <laughs> I know. I think that's so funny because, you
1: know, I still have, I, I got your t shirt that you're wearing right now. It's um, yes. uh, Cheryl has uh, this t shirt that's been around for a while and it's black and it's got like a white skull with a, what you would normally see crossbones, but the crossbones are a needle with a thread. Going up the other side, yes. so it's really cool, and it's not a scary skull. It's no. actually kind of cool. I like like the one eye is a little bigger than the other, so yeah. it's <laughs> it's almost like it's a crazy skull or crazy over sewing. That's yeah. how I look at it. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. And, and somebody yeah. was like, "You're like a pirate sewist," and I'm
1: like, "Yes, <laughs> yes,
0: um, totally, yeah." And I love skulls. And I was doodling while I was on a conference call at work one day. And I drew this, uh, design in the side of my notebook and I came home and I, uh, you know, turned it into a digital drawing and wanted to turn it into a t-shirt for myself. Mm-hmm. And then I wore it somewhere and somebody was like, mm-hmm. where did you get that shirt? Yeah. And I would buy it if you sold it. And I thought, well, I guess now I'm in the t-shirt business. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but I think what's funny is, um. I never really thought that my coworkers ever thought of my little cottage business until one day I was at a comic con with my day job Mm -hmm. and someone came running over from my company. (laughs) They came running over and they were like, I just saw this lady and she's wearing your shirt and we have to go talk to her. And so they grabbed me and they bring me to you. Yes, that was me. (laughs) I was at the C2E2 in Chicago and I was wearing her shirt.
1: Because I even I'm like, this is going to be cool to wear C2E to C2E2 because, you know, I, I'm not like a cosplay kind of type person. But, you know, I, I associated. Isn't
0: that weird that I made that it connection? Was so wild. And then, there you I were. It was, yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> I know. I know. I think I took a picture of us that day. We too, did. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really fun. It was such a small world, but yeah, it it really makes an impact.
1: That shirt made an impact, and you still have it in your shop, and you even have a pink version, which is so cute, and I have to say, though, I don't know where you order shirts from, but that is like the highest quality cotton. It's really soft, and... I've taken good care of it because I want it to last a long time. So I never put it in the dryer. I hang right. it to dry. <laughs> yes. So yeah, it's like today I still think it looks almost brand new and it's been years yes, since I've had it. It <laughs>
0: has been. Yeah. And and that's what I love about – um. and I get them made here locally in Chicago. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So I know it's a yeah. you know one one business supporting another there so mm-hmm. yeah it's mm-hmm. uh I love this design I put it on everything mm-hmm. and
1: uh <laughs> I know I, I was yeah. like to my husband I'm like man why didn't I think of this for a design for, my,
0: for me it's so cool <laughs> Yeah and then uh you know I have a new skull design out now too um and you know we've kind of kind of branched out and have like a little line of sewing skull merchandise so yeah. again totally random did not expect that that was going to be <laughs> how this career of mine starts but sure enough That's that I, I didn't think that my co-workers really uh, I guess I, they were paying closer attention than I gave them a lot of credit for sure <laughs> yeah yeah that, that was, was really a little cool. surprising
1: uh-huh um so yeah I'll put the links to your shop and everything because you've got a lot of cool stuff in your online shop uh, at muppin.com mm-hmm. so I'll definitely put that link in the show notes um. All right. So with heirloom sewing, this sewing
0: is done by hand. For most of it, it is. Okay. There are some techniques that you can do with your machine. You know, um, the like the smocking, some of the gathering techniques, even um, uh, pleats and things like that. You, I do those things by hand, mm-hmm. and there is this now this resurgence in like the slowing down of the stitching and, and taking that time for yourself. It's almost like a self care thing, which Mm. I love. Um, And to take a piece of fabric that's flat and turn it into this dimensional thing um, is very rewarding. And uh, I know that some people think like, Handwork is that dirty H word, you know. That <laughs> I know. I know. And and so I do have techniques you do by machine, and mm-hmm. and a lot of them use the various feet that come with your machine or that you can get for your machine. Okay. So I think that um, it's a nice way to take you know what your your basic skill set uh, of sewing a straight line. And just by doing these simple alterations and even putting on a different foot, mm-hmm. a different type of needle. So I use a lot of double needles oh, and yeah. that's, you know, people are scared of that stuff. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, I could never put a double needle on my machine. And, <laughs> uh, no, no, <laughs> don't be afraid of that. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And, the t- and the technique is really cool when it's mm-hmm. finished. And um, I so that to me is what what appeals about it to me. I think that, um, too, you know, when I teach, I, I make a point of explaining like where these techniques came from, you know, where in history these began, where, Mm -hmm. uh, you'll see a lot of this in historical garments, where you'll see a lot of this in, um, you know, and why people turn to these styles of, of manipulating fabric, because, from the most part, you know, it was a way to take a very plain piece of fabric and make it look very expensive. And also as a way to show off your skill set, mm-hmm. your needles uh, skills. And, mm-hmm. you know, we don't sew for our true sew anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> back in the day, women did sew uh, for their future life that they would have with their their husband Mm -hmm. and what they would do is they would have you know all the undergarments and the the slips and the and the um and the dresses and the coats and they would make this stuff and 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 they would use every fine skill that they could muster to make their trousseau as fine as possible so you know i think that in a way a lot of this is a way to honor what they did and brought forward. And then I read these turn of the century, uh, sewing books that are really not written for anyone who doesn't know how to sew. Mm -hmm. And so I try to take these text blocks and translate them into visual pictures. And, and that's hopefully, um, you know, where my patterns and my, my, uh, my tools and things like that. It's a way to, make modern what came before and yeah that's been a lot of fun
1: yeah and I see that and I think that that is what is really um amazing and fascinating with you bringing that into the modern sewing and quilting world and uh you you do like for instance in a quilt I've seen you just do like a block that has the smocking in it so it's Mm -hmm. not like this enormous um project that's never going to end that takes years to, to complete right. so yes. it's just like a little touch of it and it makes such a dramatic impact on that p- quilt um, so it's pretty cool I like the way that you've done that and and I think that um, I mean I don't know what your feedback has been from your classes but I feel like people can digest it easier and they appreciate it more and then they feel like they can really do it
0: Yeah, I I mean, my students love learning this stuff. And what they find at the end is this wasn't as hard as it looks. The the technique is fabulous in the quilt. It's just really stunning. And then everybody will want to know how you did it. And what I say typically is, if you skip a stitch, if you don't, if you feel like you're not doing it right, put it in your quilt anyway. Everyone will be so impressed with how it looks that if anybody says, hey, I think you skipped a stitch here. You just say, I unfriend you. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> because there, you don't need yeah. that negativity in your life. You know, you just totally. say, you know what? Know. Yeah, you need a new set of friends. Yeah. If you know, getting that close to your work. Mm-hmm. But for me, the, the modern movement is a perfect example of where you could use these techniques to great effect, because one of the big tenets of modern quilting is to have large expanses of negative space. And for me, when that is not, doesn't have anywhere for your eye to rest, mm-hmm. or anywhere for your eye to go. And so if you put some textured fabric in that negative space, then the eye has something that's just a little more visually visually interesting Mm -hmm. to look at that spot and say, oh, I really like that. It's also a way for you to direct where you want the eye to go in a quilt. So if you have a particularly um, a block that needs special attention, so it's maybe like the center of a flower or you know, the whole bright spot of the quilt is that area, you could use additional texture to really highlight that part and make that part of the quilt really stand out. The, I like this stuff so much that I'm always coming up with new and interesting ways to, um, to use it. To me, every single one of my patterns becomes brand new because I can look at a space in a pattern design and say oh instead of a flat piece of fabric there I'm going to use the textured piece and now that's a brand new Mm -hmm. style quilt Mm -hmm. so um all the the simple quilts like nine patches and things like that they really pop Mm -hmm. with textured um blocks instead of uh flat blocks and mix together with with the flat blocks you know yeah yeah so um there's
1: there's a type of the sewing. It's called uh, ruching, and you yes. actually created a tool to help do that type of. Um stitch or
0: technique yeah yeah so (laughs) I have I have a tool you know Mm -hmm. it's like you're not really a quilter unless you have like some tools that you're selling people right (laughs) Right. (laughs) but no truly my tools were invented out of necessity and I have one basically one tool that I sell and well two Um, but (laughs) but there's the one major tool and it's my heirloom smocking template okay now I don't know about you but I Uh, So there's this uh, foodie guy, uh, uh, Alton Brown. He's got a show, Good Mm -hmm, Eats, Eats. which I love. And he talks about the kitchen Mm unitasker, you know, with a thing that only does one thing, like the avocado knife. You know, it's like (laughs) I am a sewing tool. I don't like the unitasker. So for me, I wanted when I developed my heirloom smocking template, it was for smocking because I was about to go on TV with it, I was about to film my DVD with it, I was looking for a way to do the steps faster so I developed this tool. Well, again, because I hate the thing that only does one thing, mm-hmm. I had to come up with like 10 other things that my tool does. Wow, that's and pretty one cool. one of them, yeah, one of them is to do a vintage style ruching and to mark your fabric for the ruching technique, you use my heirloom smocking template. So, oh, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about being crafty with your own stuff. <laughs> That's
1: pretty cool, though, because then you don't have to worry about measuring and making the mark. And me- like, because I, I tried smocking before and it was just like a hot mess because of <laughs> you have to draw this grid and you're, you know, like. Yeah, stitching from and... this box to that box or this point to that point and mm-hmm. and, and just even like drawing that grid is you know
0: uh... well and before the grid even existed they used to do it with a series of dots and mm-hmm. the dots you could buy as like an iron-on. Oh. And, and so back in the 50s and the 60s, you could buy these patterns and they came with like a sheet of iron-on dots. Oh, I didn't and know so that. you'd, yeah, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm full of useless knowledge. Um, <laughs> and so wow. you'd flip your fabric over and you would iron on these dots. And to me, with certain fabrics in like modern fabrics, are pretty they're pretty smooth they're pretty nice but if you have that print on the one side you can't tell like is the dot there right dot not there Mm -hmm. so the grid method is the best and i was drawing hundreds of grids to prep for these tv appearances Mm -hmm. so i was i thought this has got there's got to be a better way (laughs) (laughs) and there is i want to get to the sewing i want to do the fun part i don't want to do the. that's what i was thinking i'm like when am i going to be able
1: to like so this smock, yes, that's it. <laughs> Let's
0: get to smock, Smack it to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. that was where the tool was born. And, okay. um, I, I looked around for maybe something that I could even buy from somebody else. Mm-hmm. I really didn't want to be in the business of, you know, just yeah. like the t-shirt business I sort of fell into it. And, Next thing you know, uh, I'm working with a laser cutter and <laughs> we're wow. cutting laser templates. <laughs> that but it's it's very forward thinking and
1: innovative. So that's why all your stuff has like turned into parts of your business. I think. <laughs> and then yeah. I want to back up a quick second because just sure. in case people don't know what smocking is or yes. ruching, yeah, just a quick little description of what those are.
0: Sure. So we think of smocking as like the fronts of little girls dresses mm-hmm. where they are pleated up and then they are taking stitches over those pleats in like a decorative way. And that is English smocking. Okay. So um, that that's not the, not the smocking that I'm talking about. The type of smocking I'm talking about is called Canadian smocking. Mm. And it's another form of smocking where the fabric is pleated from the back. And where you take your stitches, create all different kinds of designs on the front of the fabric. So it could look like uh, you take a flat piece of fabric and by the time you stitch it all up, it can actually look like like it's a basket weave, almost like you took little tubes of fabric and wove them together. Mm -hmm. But I promise you, if you peek under there... Which I, you know, I normally tell you not to do, but <laughs> <laughs> but if you peek under there, you'll see the stitches, and you'll see that they are. It's actually stitched from the back. So that's smocking. It's been around. Me, I mean, it's been around for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Right. Uh, they have paintings of women with smock dresses in the 1500s. This is not anything I invented. Mm-hmm. Um, the ruching is a style of taking a fle- a, a skinny ribbon or a skinny strip of fabric and sewing, um, gathering stitches in it so that the fabric or the ribbon gathers up in a very decorative way. And this started around 1700. The word ruching is uh, French, and the word ruche means honeycomb. Mm. And so it's a way to texturize this strip And then these long ribbons, then I kind of think of them as historical rickrack (laughs) because they were applied at the bottoms of dresses and around the necklines. And it was just a way to take um, French court dresses and make them very elegant and to raise the surface of the fabric. Because Mm -hmm. again, that was very trendy and very Mm -hmm. um, in vogue to do in the French court. And so that actually extends all the way, comes to America, and you will see a lot of ruching in uh, both Civil War era gowns and also the Baltimore album quilts. So it did cross over into quilting in that same 1860s to 1866 range. Um, At the same time, it was very popular in, in Civil War dresses. So Again, you know, not new. <laughs> Where do you find this stuff? Like, how how did you find that it was used in Baltimore
1: album quilts?
0: Well, uh, you know, again, because uh, one of those things that I did during that five years of of small quilts was to really dive into as many techniques as I could. Ah. And one of the things that I started to realize is that if you want to learn you have to sit at the knee of the masters right like yeah. just like I'm learning yeah. from my my in-laws mm-hmm. the um so I learned Baltimore album quilting from Mimi Dietrich and Ellie Sinkovitz um yeah. and and the Baltimore, were, sorry the Baltimore yeah. out style of quilting is like mostly
1: applique just so if people it don't is. know yeah
0: yeah okay <laughs> and it's yeah it's mostly applique and um again more handwork right right okay <laughs> but also re- very historical um it's almost like the historical reproductions in in quilting right so in in cosplay his, doing historical reproductions very part of cosplay you could be um renaissance fairs military reenactors they all do historical replicas of costumes this is the almost the Baltimore album quilts are like doing historical reproductions of quilts. Huh. And so there are yeah. beautiful Baltimore album quilts in museum collections around the world. Mm-hmm. And many of them have been turned into patterns and in books. And you can uh, find some beautiful examples of those to uh, inspire your quilting. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so really that's what cool. I did. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's something that I've always wanted to do too is just go back. And, um, you know, I've got that book behind me, America, uh, America's Glorious Quilts, but just like, like go back and actually, you know, learn how to do all of these classic quilt blocks and yes. learn about them yes. and yes. where they came from and
0: yeah. And why they're named, what they're named right. and all that stuff. It's so yeah. interesting to like me. drunkard's path. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. And 5440 or fight, you know, and, and it's like, well, there's got to be a story behind that name. Yeah. And it is, it's It's a political uh, thing. And, mm. um, and so, you know, there are definitely um, styles of quilting over the years. If you go back and you look at some of the first quilts, you know, they the first types of applique, the first types of these and that they all come from garment making and they all come from you know, uh, a, a desire to make your quilt pretty mm-hmm. and a desire to show off your handiwork. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess we're all crafters in yeah. at, at heart and this yeah. was a way to take what they knew and turn it into something that was useful and, uh, and still be pretty enough that they wanted to live with it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I love it. <laughs> I, I like it too. I really
1: appreciate it. And just from me being in the interior design industry, these techniques are very high end and pricey yes. to have yes. done for you. Yeah. Um it, it, it <laughs> I li- I liken it to in the fashion industry, the couture houses in yes. you know Europe that yes. I mean, I watched a special on uh what this one couture house, now I can't remember the name of it. It's very famous. And I was amazed. They were showing the workroom. There was not one sewing machine on that level nope. where they were nope. at. They're all all doing of it by these hand. Seamstresses we're doing it by hand. Mm-hmm. And that really is the meaning, true meaning of couture, right? Yes. Haute couture, or whatever how yes. you say that. exactly. Yeah. It is.
0: Yes. So, and I do share a lot of couture videos on my Facebook page because, you know, I find them just as fascinating as everybody else. Um, and so when Dior or... That's what it was. Yeah. Karl yeah, Lagerfeld. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're just so fascinating mm-hmm. to watch them. Um, and it gives me inspiration to want to take um, those techniques and apply them to my work. And mm-hmm. I I'm just so fascinated by it that mm-hmm. you know I have the ability to to learn how to do it and then teach everybody else. <laughs> I'm glad you're teaching
1: it because it's it's not widely out there. And I love that um, you're bringing it back. And um, you know it's it, it is keeping alive an art that you know may may have really been forgotten and pushed to the past in lieu of you know all the modern stuff but yeah. uh but in reality though I- I- in the design and fashion world it is considered like va- valuable and high very end, very expensive because yes. because it takes the time and the skill to produce that to even do
0: it yeah Yeah. it's labor intensive Mm -hmm. and I I liken it again to you know if you're going to knit yourself a sweater right you have your pattern and you you do your best and in the end you have this beautiful sweater and you ask somebody how can you put like how much would it cost you to make me a sweater like that Mm -hmm. and it's almost like it's priceless Mm -hmm. it's It took me so long. I had to learn all these skills. I had to do all this stuff. And then I had to take the time to do it. So when I was recently um, in a uh, furniture store, I saw a pillow. It had smocking on it. Mm -hmm. And I was so impressed that I took a picture of it. And then I took a picture of the price tag. And that pillow was $300. Yeah. And I thought, I could make that. (laughs) Mm Yeah, You know? So I just want, you know... um, to, yeah, those kinds of, of skills are, you know, they're not lost. Right. You know, people like me are out there teaching these things yeah. and I'm learning my new skills every day too. That's,
1: that's <laughs> excellent. I love it. So thanks for sharing that with us. Um, so yeah. And then we talked about your, the technology sewing yeah. and, um, cosplay. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of a newer um, business, right, for you? Like the So it Much is. Cosplay? Um, yeah. But do you – okay. So I know you teach it because, like, you do episodes on um, – well, let's just talk about the TV stuff first. We'll back yeah. up. <laughs> so TV on PBS, you have made, like, gajillion appearances on Quilting Arts. Yes. <laughs> and you come yes. on. you come on there and you teach these, like, really – just not mainstream type of techniques, and right. I love it. Like I loved your Shibori dyeing yes, fabric because I love that kind ones. of fabric. I yes. love that kind of fabric. Yes. Yeah. And then you did something. I don't know if this is what it's called, but you did some the thermochromic paint. But yes, you, I, tell me what this is because you had a fabric and you like I don't know dipped it and stuff or whatever. Did something painted and then you yes. pu- you put your hand on it and took your hand away and then it showed your hand impression. Yes.
0: It. So this goes along with that technology uh, stuff that I was mm-hmm. doing, and 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 um, thermochromic paint or thermochromic pigment has mm-hmm. been around since like the early '90s. I remember wow. these T-shirts. Yeah, I remember these T-shirts. They were called hypercolor T-shirts, uh-huh. and really everyone in my school had one and all it did <laughs> was just show how sweaty all the boys were. Um because they change color with heat.
1: Ah uh, yes. And okay.
0: so now um this <laughs> this uh you can buy it as a pigment that you can add to a medium. I typically mix it with a fabric medium, then I paint it onto my fabric and now my quilt has areas that if uh I put my hand on it It will show my hand impression or it can reveal something from underneath. So it's a great way to do like little I spy type things. Oh, cool. Um, And so it is a, um, you know, a a technology, I guess, that's been around for a while, but I decided to put it in my quilt. (laughs) That's
1: fantastic. And I think that's a cool, that is kind of a cool thing to like if people are teaching their kids to quilt or sew that would be a fun thing for that they would love to learn something like that
0: right because it's like fabric that does something Uh glow in the dark is really similar Mm -hmm. um those also those solar changing fabrics um I'm sure you see these shops you know in all the the warm uh touristy areas they they have t-shirts that when you go out into the sun the sunlight changes the the pigment on the fabric and it and they and it reveals the color in the sunlight and so there's photochromic mm-hmm. there's thermochromic wow. there's um even hydrochromic there's uh i mean water yeah yeah, <laughs> <Wow>. yes, yeah. <laughs> so there's all these different That's um cool. pigment styles that you can go out there and, and paint onto your fabric yeah. and for me, what it was, I would take a print, a really cute print, and I would print, I would paint over it so it was almost blacked out. Yeah. And then when you put your hand on it, you reveal the parts of the, so the fabric. So cool. I remember yeah. that episode. So yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've done some pretty wild things on TV. You have.
1: It's so awesome. So quilting arts, and that is really like, you know, your foundation, too, about like you're, you are a, a quilt artist. Mm-hmm. And all of that is, you know, artistry when you're pulling it these techniques from here and there and pulling them together in an art quilt and creating texture and, you know, technology, you know, things that do something to the fabrics. It's, yep. it's really an art. So, yeah. Um, thank and you. <laughs> yeah. And then it's so easy.
0: Yes. Is another show.
1: And <laughs> yes. I've seen you on there and that's where you did, you did do some of your um, heirloom sewing on an I episode. Did.
0: Yeah. I started mm-hmm. off doing more of the quilting stuff on yeah. there and then, So then cosplay sort of became um, a little more to the forefront. And what happened was, um, you know, now that I'm in the industry um, and people always ask me, where are all the young people who sew? Mm -hmm. And having spent all those years at the Comic-Con, I would look around at all these cosplayers and they're the demographic that we're all looking for. That 18 to 39 quilter, Mm -hmm. you know, that 18 to 39 year old sewist. And I said, I know where where they're at. They're at Comic-Con. They're Mm -hmm. making costumes. Mm -hmm. And so everybody's like, what's that? (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, okay, well, it's time to put my money where my mouth is and show you the progression that I took Mm -hmm. into quilting and sewing. And that's from my costume making over into our other hobbies. Mm -hmm. If we focus on these young cosplayers, then we're bringing them into the industry and then exposing them to all the other cool things that our industry has to offer Mm -hmm. machine embroidery uh quilting Mm -hmm. home decor more garment making Mm -hmm. they they will be exposed to it because we've opened the doors and welcomed them and that's really important to me and um I wanted to have a way to incorporate the independent sewing dealer uh the places where we go to get our machines and have them serviced and buy our fabrics i wanted them to have a way to appeal to this customer and so i'm working with r distributing and they make my line of cosplay products that oh. we have available to the sewing industry oh. so yeah nice.
1: <laughs> yeah that's really great <clears throat> and um I, um, you know, it's, it's actually the cosplay and the sewing part of it has really become huge within those like C2E2 shows and Comic-Con shows. And before, like you never would see a booth with simplicity patterns in it before. Right. Now that they're there, like the simplicity company is there. Yes, They've got these beautiful costumes on there, you know, the mannequins. And wow, I was just drawn into that. It was so cool. Yeah, and uh, it's great. Yeah, and then yes. you're you're continuing that, so it's like a whole another mm-hmm. market. And these the it's amazing what these young, you know, cosplayers can make. I I've watched a couple of shows. I don't know. This one show was like a few years back, but that was like my first even like, um, I guess introduction to cosplay as like oh this was what- it
0: cosplay melee. It it was it, it was, had
1: yeah. it had Yaya Han in it
0: yes yeah and it followed her daily. yes oh no that was it there's a different one yeah but okay. there is one that there were two at the time one sort of followed her yeah and then the other one was more of a competition style yes thing. I've, I've seen both yeah. of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah but the first one I saw was following her and a couple of other people that um, were regulars to competitions of cosplay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was really interesting to watch I mean. The way that they, you know, put together these costumes and just they they're they are very innovative because they're just like they don't know if it's going to work. And they're just playing with these exactly. fabrics and textiles. Yes.
0: Yes. And
1: yeah, it's crazy, but it's really cool. So that that's a really they
0: have no fear. And no. no um, yeah. And a lot of them are so self-taught. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we have um so uh, much ability to give them like the right tools and the right training and the and, and teach them the things that we're not teaching in school anymore. We're I yeah. there's no home ec anymore. So I know, you know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know and a couple of them I would see them like with this, this little you know sewing machine that is not meant to be made to sew through that this heavy stuff that they were trying to shove through the sewing machine. Yes. And that's
0: the, and that's where we as a sewing industry can come in and like give them the tools Mm -hmm. and the, and the right education. And, and that's part of my mission too. And so Mm -hmm. I teach uh, sewing, uh, and cosplay techniques across the country now that's so, <laughs> so cool yeah, yeah that's awesome yeah, so you really well-
1: have a passion for our industry and I love it and and it's really great for for our you know communities and um, just uh, continuing to drive the uh, the industry forward so I thank love you. it
0: thank I, you <laughs> Just before
1: we go though I want to ask you, is there anything that you keep to yourself as a hobby because now this is your work and you're making stuff for, you know, TV shows, you're making step outs for all that and, you know, teaching stuff. So what, what is just yours?
0: Um, I, I still love to learn. And right now I'm taking a class on um, 18th. Is it 18th century? I think it's 18th century what's called passementerie oh, and trim making. <laughs> and, and what we're learning is how to make fly fringe. So it's it's usually it's um it's like bouillon fringe and all these other types of garment trims yeah. that were made in the 1800s that are now typically made by machine yeah. but um but I wanted to learn like how did they do that? And there's a woman teaching it and I'm taking that class. I also just went to um, a two day intensive corset making class. Oh. So I still do those things for myself where I, you know, I'm learning new things. I may not ever teach this passimentary or but I at least I feel like I want to know it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. it, that's the stuff I keep for myself, you know. <laughs> oh, cool. I like that. Yeah. And I still make costumes uh, for myself. All the costumes while I I do make them for work, but uh-huh. uh, I do make sure they all fit me because I do wear them <laughs> and I do go to Comic-Con in them. Cool. So you know, yeah. that's still for me, too. Oh, great. Great really good. Yeah. Okay, well,
1: Cheryl, thank you so much for coming on the show and introducing all of us to, you know, some of these newer technology techniques and and, you know, bringing back the the um, you know, tried and true and um hand sewing techniques of the heirloom sewing oh thank you um, i it's
0: been my pleasure to be here <laughs> yeah it's
1: awesome i mean i definitely have to have you back because there's so many facets of what you do that we could just focus on like one of those <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but awesome. i
0: appreciate
1: yeah i really appreciate you coming let's let's just talk about if you have any upcoming events or products that you want oh
0: my put gosh. out there uh so then i'm teaching let's see the original sewing and quilt expo in novi michigan that okay. would be november 14th. Through the 16th, and then Road to California in January. Um, that's yeah, um, I'm teaching there. Oh, it's a great show, it's a big quilt show. Um, they have wonderful classes and just a giant uh quilt display exhibit. Lots of vendors, you'll really love Road to California. Um, that's in February, that's in uh January. Oh, January, okay, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yep, and then um. Uh, let's see. I'll probably be doing some comic cons. So you'll see me at a bunch of comic cons in 2020 and including dragon con, which, uh, we are definitely going back to in September of 2020. So, uh, that would be 90,000 attendees and most of them there for cosplay. So I'm very excited to go back to that. Nice. (laughs)
1: isn't it cool to go to an event or like a gathering of like that where everybody is like just as excited about that stuff as you are?
0: Yes. I feel like it's like we're at our Disneyland, right? Because you're it's your happy place. You know, I never Mm -hmm. see angry or frowny people at any of those types of events because they're there in and they're learning and they're seeing their cool stuff and they're seeing new products. And How how could you not be happy? (laughs) Right.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's what I felt when I went to my first C2E2, which is a type of it's a Comic-Con in Chicago. And I was very new to it. And, you know, my husband was more into it than I was. So that's why I went. But but I was like amazed. And I didn't mind going to that with him, you know, again and again, because you're right. Like the people were so happy and energetic and flying from booth to booth and they mm-hmm. had their costumes on and then these uh, adults had their little kids and they were both dressed up it was so yeah. cool it was so yeah, fun like a family
0: affair yeah family now, you know? affair and it's it was
1: fun i really felt the fun vibe of it so that's yeah. why i kind of liked going to that but yeah that's cool all right so you're doing the dragon
0: con in next September.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, you are are you going to be the the new season of It's So Easy is coming in December, isn't it?
0: Yes. Yeah. So I'll be in the new season of It's So Easy in December. And I'm also going to be on uh, the next season of Quilting Arts. So oh, cool. All right. I know. <laughs> wow. You
1: do have a lot going on. That's wonderful, though. So great. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for coming on. And no I worries. really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me all right wasn't that so great this was such a fun episode for me to record and i love learning about things that uh i just don't know much about and especially in the sewing world and cheryl has got some really interesting and cool techniques that you can incorporate in all types of sewing quilting um clothing cosplay so i hope you enjoyed it Thank you so much for listening. I will chat with you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Make and Decorate podcast with Stephanie Socha Design. And you can find me on my website. The podcast is there in the show notes at stephaniesochadesign.com, on Instagram, and on YouTube.